another episode of Ballers, Fears, and Banter. I'm your host, Dave. Here with me, a couple of backup running backs, Anthony and Moose. Hello! What's up? I think we take offense to that. We'd like to think of ourselves <laughs> as uh, starting running backs. Yeah. But as we know with backups, they're maybe even more important because this the first guy gets injured and then the backups come in. They come in to the spotlight and earn themselves all sorts of fantasy accolades. I should have specifically said a couple of San Francisco backup running backs because then it's then it's yeah, more significant it's foreshadowing. Right? Yeah, you're amongst a plus. Uh, I mean, elite it, group. Yeah, I mean, if you don't have the competitive edge, I mean, getting getting paid a ton of money to sit on the bench isn't isn't the worst. It's not so bad. Yeah, like backup so backup quarterback in the NFL is like what a job, right? Holding the clipboard, <laughs> yeah. calling plays in. You're like, yeah, Blue Mountain good. State. That whole show was based on uh, backup quarterback. Oh, was it? I didn't know that. I haven't seen the show. What? That's the one that's filmed in uh, Montreal on John yeah. Abbott College yeah. campus. Yeah. I, I also have never seen that. Is that the one with the famous clip of the dude? Like it's a famous TV or movie clip. And he's like throwing passes the quarterback. And like some girl comes to talk to him like his girlfriend. And he's just like the worst thrower ever. Like he's just like shoving the ball. Just like pushing it. You ever see that clip? It looks like he's never thrown a football in his life. No. <sighs> never mind. I'll, I'll drop it up for you guys one time. But Blue Mountain State. All right. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you sure that wasn't varsity blues? No, no. It's definitely not varsity blues. But he was a good backup quarterback. That was the whole thing. Any oh, any okay. bad throwing, he was trying to play badly so he wouldn't start. Oh, because he didn't want to get injured or something? He, he didn't want the pressure and he just oh. wanted to reap all the benefits. He, he still got quarterback treatment by the ladies uh-huh. and everything. <laughs> but he didn't have quarterback to Quarterback treatment. Well, Quarterback treatment is a good segue into um, our first headline of the day, uh, which is Aaron Rodgers, who's getting quarterback treatment in Hawaii on vacation with uh, some actor and his wife and and Aaron Rodgers' fiance, and they're living it up. But he made time to appear on the final Sports Center hosted by Kenny Main um, on ESPN. Kenny Main's been a, a, a mainstay. Sorry for lack of a better term. Um, with Sports Center and he's had some contract disputes, so so he's out of there. So it was his last episode. He had him and Marshawn Lynch on and um, Sue Bird, I believe. So Aaron Rodgers goes on, and um, you know people were expecting he's going to come out and say say something big because it's Kenny's last show, and and say something like um, you know he, he didn't like everything's good. He's coming back to Green Bay, like something like that. That that would be the bombshell. Well, it wasn't. He in fact doubled down basically on his you know, the previous drama that was going on with him that really didn't come out of his camp, come out of his mouth. But on the show, he said, with my situation, look, it's never been about the draft pick, picking Jordan, referring to Jordan Love. Um, I love Jordan. He's a great kid. We've had a lot of fun to work together. Love the coaching staff. Love my teammates. Love the fan base in Green Bay. An incredible 16 years. It's just kind of about a philosophy and maybe forgetting that it is about the people that make the thing go. It's about character. It's about culture. It's about doing things the right way. So a lot of people are reading into this, um, analysts and and fans alike, and saying, so he mentioned everyone in there that he, he has no problem with Jordan, no problem with his teammates, no problem with the coaching staff. Who did he not mention? Management. He right. did not say, I have no problem with the GM or, or management and the decision makers up there. So People are saying, reading between the lines, and Aaron Rodgers likes to deliver those types of messages. And they're saying, you know, he's he's unhappy with management. And then add well, we, on to we that. We knew this. He asked the GM to resign. 
Well, he never, he didn't come out and say that this was room. Like there was rumors that he was making, did he? Yeah. He came out. He said, he said, if, if the GM resigns or they, or gets fired, he goes, I'll stay. I don't, I think he said that publicly, but that, that was, that was news that was out there that that's, that's what the general thinking was, but this is more public to be saying this type of thing on, on sports. And then you factor in that the top five wide receivers. Uh, so Devonte Adams and four other bozos. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Alan Lazard, MVS, you know, these guys, uh, but not as good as Devonte Adams, but anyways, the five of them didn't show up to OTAs, but I think we're expected to. So some people are wondering if that's like a solidarity move with Aaron Rodgers, like, Hey, you don't got Rodgers, you don't got us type of thing. So anyways, all sorts of drama, uh, unfolding and, uh, it's great. We always have quarterback. There's always quarterback drama to talk about, guys. Yeah, especially when Aaron Rodgers is in the NFL. He'll yeah. definitely be at the top of the headlines for QBs. Yeah, yeah. interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, my next dramatic headline has to do with Julio Jones, who we've already spoken about a few episodes ago. Um, <laughs> this has to do with another show, television show slash podcast, Undisputed with Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp, of course, um, Hall of Fame tight end and, uh, you know, knows players in the league. So Shannon and Skip were talking about Julio Jones and Skip was saying, apparently uh, Julio was in Dallas getting some workouts in and had a Cowboys jersey on. And Skip, who's a notorious Dallas Cowboys fan, said, clearly Julio Jones wants to go to Dallas. Shannon Sharp was saying, no, he doesn't. And Skip goes, oh, yeah, let's call him up. Or Shannon says, let's call him up and find out. So he calls him on his cell phone, live, on air. So as far as we know, as audience members, Julio did not know he was on Undisputed Live. Shannon Sharp calls him up, says, hey, you staying in Atlanta or are you going? And Julio Jones said, no, I'm out of there. And do you want to go to Dallas? Shannon Sharp said, he said, no, 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 no. I want to go somewhere where I can win. <laughs> so it's a double whammy. It was a blow to Dallas fans everywhere and Atlanta fans. Um, you know, and then at the very, very, like you can hear um, Jenny Taft, the host say, does he know he's on air? Because this, for all we know, is completely unplanned, unscripted. And um, at the, at the very end before Shannon Sharp hangs up goes, uh, oh, okay. I got to go. We're on, we're live on air. See ya. So <laughs> yeah. And, and apparently this, I found out later, apparently I think they film in California and it's illegal to yes. be recorded in California without letting them know ahead of time. So they can get in a lot of trouble for it. So it's very interesting. It's very interesting. So obviously Atlanta fans are <laughs> disappointed that they're clearly ne- definitely losing Julio and um, Dallas fans will not get him. <laughs> and what's uh What's really interesting is how hard A.J. Brown, uh, star receiver for the Tennessee Titans, is pushing for Julio. So he he showed, he put on his Instagram and and Twitter, I believe, on his personal account, an, a message. He screenshotted a message that he sent to Julio um, Jones like three years ago when he was coming into the league, just thanking him and he's his role model and everything. And then he, show, he, he showed an audio message that he left for Julio on Instagram convincing him to try and or trying to sell him to come be like you can be the main guy i'll take a back seat to you with no worries if you want me to carry the load i'll carry the load i can't get you to my number they won't allow me to change my number so you have to wear number eight <laughs> he's just going on but he's like i got you he's like we got a great team say you want to win we're a couple pieces away you're one of the pieces just wild just wild that we live in this it's cool that we live in this era where we can see all this happening you know whereas if it was 20 years ago you wouldn't know any of this going on yeah 
probably wouldn't be going on. Oh yeah, exactly. Probably <laughs> wouldn't be going on. <laughs> now, do so. you think this is a, a positive or I know we, we touched a little bit on the subject last episode, but let's say he goes to Tennessee or wherever he goes. I know it's a matter of health, but let's say he is healthy. I, I, I think he takes a step down because Matt Ryan loved throwing the ball to him. He doesn't necessarily become the number one guy wherever he goes. Right. It depends where he goes, but the places where you would assume he, he wants to go to championship caliber yeah. team, all those teams have a clear number one guy, right. you know, wherever you're going. Um, so, you know, from a football, regular football context, is he number one? Is that, you know, who knows? Regular oh. football is good for the team if he's oh, it's healthy. Great. It's, oh, it's great for any team to have Julio yeah. Jones. From a fantasy standpoint, um, yeah, he, you're right. He, great relationship with Matt Ryan, obviously, um, for a number of years. And a good situation there. So him leaving, his fantasy stock could go down depending where he goes. Um, I think his fantasy stock goes down no matter where he goes. Because of his sure. injury history? Yeah, and just or, yeah. teaching an old dog new tricks. Like he's got to yep. learn a potentially new playbook. You know, work. he's working with a new quarterback. You know, and we've said it uh, mm. many times. He's very talented. So I'm sure he'll still be a good fantasy asset. Mm-hmm. But, but not a number don't one. expect uh, peak okay. performance Julio. L- let right. me ask you this. Julio, so Julio leaves. He's not on on Atlanta. What do you think of Calvin Ridley's fantasy stock for half PPR and PPR leagues? Takes a slight dip, but he, uh, I think he's still dip? number one. I think a slight any, dip. Yeah, it stays the same as last season. I okay. only say slight because we said last episode that uh, even with Julio being injured on the field, he's a distraction, or you know, he gets most of the coverage by the top cornerbacks. Yeah, and now. Ridley will get all of it, so we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I mean, they have well, Pitts there now. Well, I was just going to say, we Pitts will be the factor. Because yeah. if, if Pitts needs the coverage. Uh-huh. Right. So uh-huh. we'll have to see how that goes. So can, and it's funny you mentioned because um, just, just the rumors of Julio Jones uh, leaving, although it's pretty substantial, like we, we pretty much know he's leaving. Um, I've been on the mock draft game, as you guys know, and Kyle Pitts is has already been going as tight end four or five in redrafts in these mock drafts. I think he'll he'll like he's not going to go ahead of Kittle and, and Kelsey, but I think he's going to be way up there. People are going to nab him so early because the hype train's going to be Waller will yeah, be but, the third. Yeah, but the yeah. thing is, the thing yeah. is, okay. So after let's say uh, uh, Mark, so Kel- let's say let's say Mark Andrews, T.J. Hawkinson are four and five. So I would take it should I, be Pitts. Yeah, yeah I, I would take Kyle Pitts in that range because after that, I mean it's a gamble. They're all like two, three yeah. points a game. So even if even if you took Pitts and he doesn't pan out, the the tight end you replace him with on the waivers is gonna get you the same amount of points. Right. Yeah, I agree hundred <laughs> percent. And but for like he he's already going ahead of Mark Andrews and TJ Hawkinson. I'm talking like round four or five in redrafts. Like he's going early. He's going. Yeah, early. but again, like Anyways. I said, like I said, there's only there's only really two other tight ends after him before yeah. it doesn't really matter. And we know Hurst yeah. is not going to take yeah. much away from him. So. Oh man. Okay. Um, <laughs> this that'll be really interesting. I think with Julio gone, you're right. Calvin will see tough coverage, but he's an elite wide receiver, and his target volume will just be huge. So for half PPR and PPR leagues, whew, I think he'll be great. Um, if now pretend situation, let's, 
imagine where Julio could go. Let's say Julio goes to the Tennessee Titans. Let's say AJ Brown is successful in his recruiting campaign. Currently, AJ Brown's like really the only target there. So I, I see him like with his volume going up, the volume is the only thing he was missing. So currently I see him, his stock is continuing to rise. If Julio goes, I think he comes back to reality. AJ Brown dips back down because now they have a, you know, better than Corey Davis on the other side. What does it do for Julio though? Could that be a really good situation for him? I, I, I don't know. It really, it really depends. Like, I think that's, I think if he goes to the Titans and AJ Brown takes like a Calvin Ridley role, potentially, it would really just depend on the relationship he could have with um, Ryan Tannehill and, and how, you know, who knows, maybe they just take Julio Jones and maybe that's it. Maybe he's just a decoy all season. Yeah. But I mean, they're both big expensive decoy. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, But if if it gets, but if it gets AJ Brown in the end zone, it's not that expensive, which he doesn't have a problem with already as the only guy, but I, I think maybe it could, I don't know how much it would benefit him for fantasy, but if he's not the number one guy, maybe he's not being, I don't know. He he gets a little bit of a break and doesn't get injured. I think he might be more stable and maybe week to week. He's not, you know, the top performer at wide receiver, but maybe he's more consistent like a 10, 12 type guy. If he, yeah. If he's not the number one guy, right. Could it, it, it could he could be a better option, but he's definitely not a number one. I don't think he can be a number one anymore. For fantasy. For fantasy. I mean, Julio has gone a whole season with almost not getting one touchdown. So it's... that yeah. Right, two seasons ago, yeah, where he was 20, so 2017. Good, he, couldn't in, he couldn't get in the end zone. 2017? <laughs> yeah. I thought it was even earlier, but... More but recent. his yardage is always so up there. <laughs> it's yeah. crazy. All right, this headline's getting into main topic territory, so we got to move on. <laughs> um, all right. Next headline, short one, Jalen Rieger, uh, second year Philadelphia Eagles wide receiver, put out on uh, Twitter that he expects to be used in the slot. Um, he was using the slot approximately 20% of, the, of, of his snaps last year. Um, uh, it would be interesting if he's used in the slot versus Devonta Smith. I was hoping that Devonta Smith would be um, you know, used in motion or, or used in the slot to try and get him some easy releases. Because as we talked about, um, I guess last two episodes, two episodes ago, when did we do Devonta guys? Last episode or the one before? Uh, it was last episode. Last episode. Um, so when we talked about Devonta, he'll have he might have trouble with press coverage because of his slender physique. So I was hoping he would be using the slot, but um, Jalen Rager came out and said he expects to. So we'll see. Well, something to keep our eye on. Minor news. Um, Anthony, you have some news for us as well concerning yes. back, backup running backs in San Francisco. Yes. So um, per Mike Garofolo, uh running back Jeff Wilson Jr. will miss the start of the 2021 season due to a torn meniscus. Uh, he recently underwent surgery and is expected to miss four to six months. Wilson led the team with 600 rushing yards and had 10 total TDs last season. 10 so, tutties. 10 tutties. So, of course, heated debate between me and Moose a couple or three two or three episodes ago on the value of sermon. I said, I wouldn't draft him. I, even g- I gave last- you, I was giving you so many opportunities to take back what you said. No, but it's fine. <laughs> um, I did say if somebody gets injured, he obviously moves up. So now classic San Francisco know, 49ers. We knew, we knew somebody was going to get injured. Right. But we don't hope for injuries. We don't. Um, so I said uh, at the time he, he was fourth on the death chart. Most one. 
Um, Wilson was two. Gallman was three. He was four. Jeff Wilson uh, injured now. Jeff Wilson uh, Jr., by the way. Jeff Wilson the, the Jr. The disrespect is on I, I, I said it before. <laughs> his, uh, Next his, time you miss a Roman numeral, I'm going to give you. His father has bad knees too. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> and then a uh, San Francisco beat reporter said that Gallman is the running back to four now. So now with this news, Sermon, I would take a late round flyer on him. Like late round flyer. I won't even say last. Trey Sermon, Trey Sermon will be drafted in in most home league redrafts. Uh, the, the chat on Sleeper got a little bit crazy. People were saying I would draft him first round and all this stuff. I mean, what? People, no, yeah. for rookie draft. No, I'm reading, I'm reading the chat. <laughs> I'm Re- reading the chat. That's Is it a redraft chat or a dynasty chat? Um, 10 team and people are like, would you take Sermon at 105 in a rookie draft? Uh, this is rookie draft, but there was other in the first two rounds. I mean, it is still a crowded backfield. He'll, he will most likely pass Gallman because, uh, they, they just stacked up the running back role with a bunch of journeymen, I guess you would call it. So hopefully Moose believes that Sermon will be a top back of the rookies. And he's in a good situation. I mean, like I said, they're journeymen. So he wait, must wait, think wait, that Sermon wait, wait. will be the number one guy there by the end of the year, you said? Oh, yeah. Easily. Wait, Unless... wait, wait. So am I getting this wrong? Anthony, you said Trey Sermon was undraftable? Yes. I said I wouldn't take him in my last round. There were other rookie oh, running backs that I would take. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, and yes, you would go if you were in that position. You're not a big fan of taking a, of having a lot of rookies on your team anyways, which is totally fair for redraft. Yeah. And, and, and I and my yeah. reasoning behind it, it wasn't just that I don't like Sermon. I was saying I didn't want to take the risk that Moose took, like because we use Cam Makers in it as an example. Right, Moose right, right. kept Cam Makers on his team last season, was only able to use him at the end of the season, and he was headed to the playoffs. And, and Moose made the argument. He's like, "Well, everybody's trying to make the playoffs, but some teams <laughs> don't draft well." And I mean, are in a good position? So I said, "I don't want to take the risk having a guy that." it has to compete with three people and we don't know how the time will be split. It could be different this year. It could be that sermon outplays everyone and they just go with him as the number one. And then in that case, heck yeah. Like draft him earlier. Um, Yeah. And I mean, Cam Akers was potentially even, he was in a much tougher committee to try and outbeat. Uh, Like Trey Sermon's competition is not really tough competition but some people disagree I, because you're, you're, you you're and not i are not fan, high on mostert but like but dave was very, really high on mostert he mostert is very very good he's again uh, the only two, two berries moose the <laughs> two only berries. the only two people to clock over 23 miles an hour in a game is tyree kill and raheem mostert he's and a dangerous raheem weapon. Mostert has been good for I how many years agree. in the nfl uh, one it's the first year he got his chance well it took him he was in the league a long time and sorry it was two years Two took him, it took him five years five to, get years. A, to get an opportunity to, yeah. to play. And then he was he was very good behind, for, for two one years. Year. So, I mean, maybe one, one and a half. Last, and a half <laughs> well, last year when he was playing, he was excellent. Yeah, well, that's it. So it's not two full years. It's sure. There's injuries. A couple of games sprinkled around. <laughs> I understand. So if you're expecting him to miss for injury, then yeah, then that totally makes sense. Um, anyways, this is getting the main topic territory and reliving old episodes. We got to move on. Moose, you have news on a so uh, running back. Speaking of knee injuries, uh, it was uh, reported today by Jordan Rainen, who is uh, the ESPN NFL national reporter who covers the New York Giants, has said that uh, Saquon Barkley could be limited in the early season 
as the team wants to ensure that he's fully healthy after his injury last season. Um, he had major knee surgery and uh, the expectation is potentially that he sees 85% or less um, of the workload, which, uh -oh. which going which I back think is to a, is really good news, <laughs> which going back to uh, our last episode. And I've said it a few times, Raquel Armstead suddenly becomes an interesting name since they picked him up off waivers as soon as they could. Yeah. And also Devonte Booker, who, has shown that he can do stuff, but I mean, I wouldn't uh, temper your expectations. Yeah. Yes. And I think if you're, so as someone who owns both Saquon Barkley and Christian McCaffrey in dynasty, this is the kind of thing for dynasty anyways, that I like to hear because if he were to come back him or McCaffrey and just throw him into like, yeah, take, take 40 touches a game. Like you're asking for it. Right. Yep. So you should ease them back and make sure they're comfortable and ease off their workload load management. If they're doing it in the NBA, you know, why not do it in the most physical sport there is? So I think it's fine for redraft. It might send off a little, a few alarm bells, but I'd much rather have quieter weeks one through three or one through four instead of having a monster week one through four. And then he gets injured again. So, um, yeah, I, I appreciate it. And I think Carolina should do the same with Chuba Hubbard. And uh, and use Chuba, the rookie, a little bit to to ease uh, CMC back into it. I think it's wise. All right, a couple more headlines for you guys. Uh, Antonio Brown officially signed with the Bucks. He's back, so the whole the whole squad's back. And the leading point getter all time in NFL, Adam Vinatieri, famous kicker, has retired from the NFL. And I don't have the stats in front of me, but he would have to be the leading all-time fantasy points getter. He would have to be, right? I think I think I saw a headline that stated he, that. Got to be for how many years he's played. There's no one like I know. Even if you're in PPR leagues and you're getting points for receptions, he would have to be up there. So he's gone. Sorry, guys. <laughs> to find a new kicker to draft. All right, that it for headlines. Yep. Yeah, Ooh. I think so. Ooh, some wild headlines. All right, spicy. Well, then, let's get into the main topic of the day, which is our continuation of rookie reviews, focusing on wide receivers. And we are in episode three. Today, we're going over Rashad Bateman and Elijah Moore. And Anthony is going to hit us and introduce us to Rashad Bateman. Yep. Rashad Bateman taken in the first round, number 27, to the Ravens. He's six feet. Uh, and he's 190 pounds. Red. Uh, so I hate to get you off, but we have to explain it every time because if people are listening for the first time, they're going to think you're such a donkey. <laughs> Six fit. So Six the first time Anthony did one of these, <laughs> he got stuck between foot and feet, and it came out fit. 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 Like that. So now, whenever we say someone's height, we say fit. Fat. Yeah. yeah. So um 190 pounds. He ran a 443 40-yard dash time and had a vertical of 36 inches. I mean, not bad. It's okay. Not, not bad. bad. Three um, Subway sandwiches to put it in perspective. Yeah. Three feet. Uh his college uh history. Nothing terribly spectacular, but uh he played for Minnesota. Um First year, 51 receptions, 704 receiving yards, six touchdowns. As a sophomore, he was named a semifinalist for the Fred Belichnikov Award. It's funny that I didn't botch that. Um, yeah, you nailed that, I, think. I don't know. 
<laughs> Botch Lichnikov. Um, and first team, all Big Ten. And the Richter Howard receiver of the year after catching 57 passes for 1,170 yards and 11 touchdowns and averaging 20.5 yards per catch, which is Ooh. great. Though Those are good. And Minnesota plays in... I, they, they have a couple of good. I think they had a couple of tough matchups last year, so I'd be interested. I'll I'll keep looking at that. But. Yeah, you can uh, you can check that out. <laughs> uh, um, so situation. So we know Baltimore has an interesting cast of receivers. So they got the supposed number one Marquise Brown. They signed <laughs> Sammy Watkins this offseason. Uh, they drafted Miles Boykin last two years ago. With uh, with Marquise Brown, uh, they have Devin Duvernay and James Prochet, Roman numeral two, that were rookies last year, I believe. I'm not sure about du- Duvernay, but I know Prochet was. They, they um, both were rookies last year. Yeah. Yeah. So um, Bateman, as per ESPN, is currently third in the depth chart. Um, as far as wide receivers go, obviously Mark Andrews is there. So if you throw in Mark Andrews, he's probably the fourth target on the team as it stands right now. Yeah. The other receivers, the rookies and the sophomores aren't cutting it. And I mean, they signed Sammy Watkins, who is an every year injured player. So I don't know how much help he can be for the team. And he's getting old. He's getting up there. Or maybe he just seems <laughs> old because of his injuries. He, he's uh, uh, let's, How old do you think he is, Anthony? Sammy uh, Watkins? Yeah, yeah. 20... 29? Mm, I was going to say 27. Look, I'll go in the middle, 28. He's 27. Oh, ah, my goodness. So it's literally the injuries that are making him seem like he's... Oh, yeah, but hold on. Kevin yeah, the league on. at 21. Go ahead. Let's, let's take a step back. Okay. Sammy Watkins, he's a good wide receiver. Okay? Yeah. But, like, on the Chiefs, he's not the best receiver. In Baltimore, it could be a whole no. different story. What, where, when he was healthy, wasn't he not counting tight ends? Wasn't he the number two receiver when he was after healthy? Ty- after Tyreek Hill? Yeah. Yeah, I well, think so. Well, I would say, well, he's the number two wide receiver, but I mean, I think... The third option, you're right. Yeah. yeah. The third option. The third so, receiving option. where do you think, as far as situation, is like he's the wide receiver two, according to the depth chart? Well, but, so let's let's say injuries aside... Is he better than Marquise Brown? Probably. Yeah. So then so then he's the number one wide receiver in Baltimore. Yeah, but I will I, mention I, and I do think that's how they think of it. I will mention again. Yeah, I think that's what they're hoping for. Whenever a team like when I'm pretty sure when Kansas City signed him, they're like, We have Tyreek Hill, but if we get the healthy Sammy Watkins. We're in the clear because look at his age. He's 27. And I think that's what Baltimore is hoping for as well. I hope for for like Baltimore's sake that he is healthy. But for fantasy purposes, I am never or I'm not going to say never. You take a flyer on him never late because never. you don't know if he's going to be healthy. Week never one, say week, week one, huge, huge points. And then you just yeah. drop him. First, first four games, try and capitalize on it there. So uh, take uh, draft him. But. Might but uh, but in, in all honesty, I'm, I'm taking a look here. I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at PPR, yeah. and uh, he's never he he was he was the number twenty wide receiver once when he was in his second year in Buffalo, and then he's never he's never even come close to that again. Yeah. But uh, but talent wise, I mean, he could yeah. he could be something. He's a super talented guy, and I mean, training with Tyreek Hill in the offseason is not a 
it's not a bad workout regimen to be a part of. Um, so yeah, so I mean, situation wise, Bateman is in a pretty good spot. Um, he could outshine the sophomores and the rookies because clearly uh, they drafted him for the reason that all their other wide receiver draft picks have not panned out the way they had hoped. Marquise Brown was our um, Marquis de la mid-round hey, last hey, hold year. Hold on, hold on. Pump, pump the brakes. This is why I love it. We have all agreed that last season, Lamar Jackson's throwing was dismal. Right. So you, Terrible. You, can't, you can't give the rookies from last season – you can't say that they didn't pan out. Like, you, you know, we always say it takes two. Right. And, you know, until Lamar Jackson but, steps it up a little bit, I, I think we but can't. They, but they weren't I, even I'm not saying anyone. they didn't they, pan out. They weren't even they on the receive. field. They weren't yeah. even on the field that much, Miss. Look. Dave, Dave, Baltimore didn't even need to do field wide receivers. I, <laughs> okay. Like, sure. like making that statement Exaggerating. Is, making that Exaggerating. statement is, you know. But we uh, saw, like, who was on the field? Willie Sneed. Like, look. Willie Sneed was on there and. Yeah, but this is what, yeah, they had Willis Sneed last year, but this is something we got to look at. These guys, they drafted four receivers in the past two years, maybe a little bit more if, I don't know if they drafted some in the later rounds. According to the management, they're paid millions of dollars to draft players. They felt the need to draft another receiver. So clearly, yeah, even if it's two out of the four, didn't pan out. I mean, Lamar Jackson's not the greatest passer, but I mean they obviously didn't show enough to warrant a spot on the team and not drafting another receiver. So now Bateman comes into a situation where he's going to compete with everyone. So he has all the chances to succeed in this offense. So to me, situation is pretty good. Um, you go to the coaching staff. I'm, I'm just going to glaze over this quickly. Hold um, on, real quick. <laughs> Sorry. So I would disagree. So situation on, a, a normal team, great. But I think in Baltimore, I think if you're a wide receiver, it's not a great situation like until it is. I, I have to agree with Moose here okay. because they don't – we're talking about a team that doesn't throw the ball a lot in the past. Maybe they're going to change a little bit. They could with all these receivers. They could. But traditionally, they don't throw the ball enough to support many receiving options. And even if Bateman slides into – be the third wide receiver option after Watkins and, and Marquise Brown, there's Andrews. So there's Andrews, Marquise Brown, Sammy Watkins, and then Rashad Bateman and the competition from all these other right. young receivers. But so we're not talking not about ideal. So situation is just looking at it as a whole. We're not like we're looking at fantasy situation wise. We're not talking about in season or it's as a whole. It's it's preseason. It's in season. I mean, the opportunity well, is there I, to stay on the field as the number one or number two oh, or oh what you said was completely right anthony mm. he definitely could be th he could even be ahead of marquis brown when it's right. all said and done right but uh, we're looking at a team that threw 406 pass attempts last year right 406 to put that in perspective the falcons and like steelers who were throwing the crazy were like 650. so like it's it, there's just not enough there's not enough food to go right. around they can't all eat you know, he, so we're talking about, he'd have to have a 25. So a receiver, according to last year's stats would have to have 25% market share just to get a hundred targets and a hundred targets is what you need to be in the conversation for top 12 receiver. Right. So at least. Yeah. So, anyway, Situations sorry. there. Will he get enough targets to be a valuable fantasy pick? That's another question, but situation is good. Yeah. The answer to that question is no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Um, one can hope. And a team one, that one sucked can in hope. The, one can hope. I mean, Anthony, put it this way. Do you want to draft Marquise Brown and redraft? No. I'm not. Neither do I'm I. not taking a shot. Do, do you want to draft Sammy Watkins? No. I'm right. not taking any. So we'll just simplify so. it. I'm not taking any of the receivers. <laughs> but right. as a guy, when we talk rookies, late round flyers. Yeah. I mean, if if he does become number one, we expected hey. Marquise Brown. We know. We all knew that uh, Lamar Jackson had a surprise season when he was. He had a great if passing you think, season. If you think Rashad Bateman is a better last round flyer than Trey Sermon, we got issues, man. It's two different positions. <laughs> Yeah, but two different well, yeah, but it's it's for points. You know, you're, it's a flyer. Easy guys going to get you a ton of points. Hmm. Well, I would take a running. I would take a running back that has the work, known work, over a receiver where you don't know that with six of them who's going to get the ball, especially on Baltimore. So in this case, I would take Sermon over him. Makes sense, okay. right? Yeah. Yeah, and in in general, rookie running backs have a uh, clearer path to to getting some fantasy production than receivers even though we've had some really good rookie wide receivers lately yeah and just uh to group the next bunch together so coaching staff jim harbaugh jim harbaugh is the head coach greg roman offensive coordinator i believe it was his first year last year that's probably incorrect maybe three years <laughs> anyways that's um, uh, probably it's wrong. clearly a, <laughs> it's clearly a run first defense lamar jackson they love when he runs the ball, they love running the ball with the numerous running backs they have. This year, it'll be there's no more um, Mark Ingram Roman numeral three. Um, it's going to be Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins. Um, schedule wise, uh, they have a tough division: Pittsburgh, Cleveland, and uh, Anthony. Did Cincinnati. you say? Did you say? Sorry to cut you off. Did you say Jim or John Harbaugh? Jim. It's definitely John. No. I always mix them up. It's Jim Harbaugh. Jim is his brother. Jim's the brother who coaches. Are you googling it right now? Jim, yeah, I'm on it. John Harbaugh is. Um, is it the Ravens head coach? Yeah, I mix them up all the time. Jim and John. So Jim previously was San Francisco 49ers coach, and um, now coaches oh, Michigan. You're correct. And John, John Harbaugh. So John uh, Harbaugh. Yeah, and uh, Greg Roman. Yeah. Um, schedule wise, uh, they're. They have a tough division with Cleveland Browns. Uh, Pittsburgh is yet to be Ooh. seen. Dave is not Ooh. so high on Pittsburgh this year. Their defense but, will be good, though. Yeah. <laughs> Just not there. Not Cincinnati there. will be a good offense, not a great defense. They play the NFC North, and they also play... NFC uh, North, like your Chicago Bears? Yeah. The okay. Bears, the Packers, Minnesota, tough Detroit. Not, not Detroit, but everyone else tough. Yeah. And the AFC West, which is uh, the San Diego Chargers, Oakland Raiders, Denver Broncos, and I'm missing one. Anyways, it's not the most difficult schedule, but still, they're not a passing team. Uh, their team strength is at running back and quarterback. Um, and it's just the run game. It's not the passing game and their defense, obviously. Um Every chance will be given to Bateman to succeed. Um, gut instinct, late round flyer. I mean, if you go heavy, if you're going heavy wide receiver and you want to take a shot on a guy, um, I mean, you could take a shot on Bateman. But for me personally, like Moose said it perfectly, it's not a team that pass. And Dave said it too. Uh, they're not a team that passes a whole lot. You would think that the coaching staff will try and improve a little bit and try to get back to how they were a couple years ago. But I mean... I don't see two guys 
two receivers being successful other than maybe one wide receiver and one tight end, that being Mark Andrews and whoever the other guy is. Yeah. I mean, Rashad Bateman as a, as an individual, if he wasn't on Baltimore, sure. Maybe I'd take as a late round flyer. Right. But the fact that he's in Baltimore, the fact yeah. that nobody's interested in Sammy Watkins, nobody's interested in Marquise Brown. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm not drafting him. Marquise Brown will only be drafted because of name. Yeah. So I, I don't know why Rashad Bateman would suddenly find more success. Right. I'm, I'm not drafting him. Yeah, Marquise Brown burnt me real good, real good last year in a couple leagues. So um, he did come on towards the end, but uh, but but you're right. It's it, a little I too think late. You guys, you guys hit the nail on the head with Rashad Bateman. I agree 100. Um, percent Anything else before we move on? Nope. It's okay. Pretty clear. So we can move into that. Thanks for that. I think that was very. You got a little heated. Got a little. It was a little fun. And we hope it gets as uh, heated and fun for our next and final wide receiver. They're going to be talking I was told, about. Moose, heat things up. You, uh, heat, is, <laughs> heating it up. Heating heating. Moose is like a microwave. You ask him to heat things up, boom, it's done. Two minutes. Pretty hot. It's pretty hot. To pretty hot. Piping hot. It's All pretty right. hot. I don't have AC and I'm sweating We profusely here. You barely have a shirt on. Yeah. We're on YouTube, Anthony. You know this, right? Okay. <laughs> All right, so um, we went over a little bit less with Rashad Bateman, but it's time to go over a little Elijah Moore, who was drafted in round two, 34th overall to the New York Jets. He stands at five hit nine and weighs 178 pounds. Uh, he ran an unofficial 40-yard dash of 4.34 and also a 36-inch vertical like our his compatriot Rashad Bateman. Uh, 4.34, I watched it. Uh, it's stopwatch time. So, and there, maybe there were several stopwatches on it. I don't know, but it's uh, but he looked very fast. So I think it's pretty legit. Probably he's probably four three, maybe maybe four four territory. He he's forty's forty's uh, not done with the laser at the combine, but not at these pro days. Because remember, there's no combine okay. this year. So okay. these are all very unofficial. That's why we've seen we've never seen this many four threes before. And everyone's all the old receivers are like, yeah yeah yeah, another four three. Anyways, but he's fast. Uh, all right, college history. Um, so Elijah Moore went to Ole Miss. He spent three seasons there, which is the same school that produced DK Metcalf and AJ Brown. Huh? huh? I got your attention now, don't I, listeners? No. Um, no. That's some two pretty good. No, games. his size is not the same as those two. So no, he's not. He's not. Um, but Moore set the. He actually set the single. Uh, game school record for receiving yards when he went 14 receptions for 238 yards and three TDs and he tied the TD and reception records for his school you know we're talking about DK and AJ Brown uh, Moore played in only eight games last season before deciding to forego the remainder of the season to focus on on the NFL draft which we've seen many players do in those eight games he caught a school record 86 receptions for a 1,193 yards and eight touchdowns. He was only 127 yards short of A.J. Brown's uh, single-season record for yards, but Brown did it in 12 games. So in four less games, he was 127 yards away from Brown's school record. Pretty cool. Um, Moore also had the most uh, receiving yards per game in the country in college football with 149.1 and 10.8 receptions per game. So he was in the conversation for the Blitnikoff Award, the Receiver of the Year Award uh, in college, if he had continued the season. I know I said the same thing about Waddle, but he was in that same conversation. So he good. He's good. Um, he was playing on a, a pretty high-powered college offense with Lane Kiffin there. I don't, I don't think Lane Kiffin plays is, for the Jets. 
Now he plays for the Jets. So his situation is, yeah, I mean, I wrote in our Google Doc. Here, Anthony, you want to read out what I wrote in our Google Doc? Yeah, I was smiling. You saw me smiling before. <laughs> J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets suck. Still St- suck. Still suck, <laughs> unfortunately. I'm sorry, Jets fans. I'm sorry, but we can't trust the Jets. So last year we had different nicknames for the Jets based on how poorly they were performing. <laughs> The Balsa Wood Jets, the Papier-Mâché Jets. Um, you know, I think we had paper airplane jets, uh, you know, all sorts of stuff before we finally settled on, on Balsa Wood. But are they going to graduate back to just regular jets? Will we be able to call them jets this year? Or are they going to be a laughing stock? It, it remains to be seen. But the safe bet is that this offense will continue to struggle with rookie coaching staff, rookie QB, and uh, rookie running back. Uh, and Elijah Moore, who's probably their second second or third best receiver right off the bat, who's also a rookie. So that's the situation. Do you guys see the situation differently with the Jets? <laughs> no, not at all. I, the Jets are uh, – well, I mean, there's a couple teams uh, this season who are, let's call them restructured teams and yes. almost almost as a whole. So, you know, we don't really know how Zach Wilson's going to perform, which directly affects – um, Corey Davis, who has for the most part underperformed, um, you know, Elijah Moore rookie. Uh, I saw something today. There was a whole argument on Twitter or debate, if you will, um, that, uh, Ty Johnson is the, uh, is the best running back. He he very well could be (laughs) very well could be. So there's all kinds of question marks surrounding the jets. And realistically, I think, uh, like I said, until it's uh, until it's a good situation, it's a bad one. So take a snapshot of last season and expect maybe two more wins. Um, yeah. You know, until I'm proven wrong. Like yeah, that's, they, that's they generous. Made the greatest decision ever, <laughs> getting rid of Adam Gaze. So I mean, can only go up. You figure it would have to be a little bit better. Now, listen, we'll talk a little bit about coaching. Moose already already hit it, but Robert Sala is there as the new head coach from San Francisco. He's He was the defensive coordinator for the 49ers, so he's a defense-first guy. He brought in, uh, also from San, San Francisco, Mike LaFleur um, to be his OC. So it's a safe bet to think that they'll model their offense. I think Mike LaFleur has even said it, that they want to run a San Francisco-style offense, which is the run and the run's the cornerstone of the offense. And they still pass quite a bit, but passes, the passes and the runs, the formation and the way that they block will look the same so that the defense doesn't know what's coming. Um, In that type of offense, we saw a lot of short passes. We saw receivers being used coming out of the backfield. I have to sneeze, guys. Oh, my gosh. It's okay. I'll I'll fill in for a bit. Keep going. Because we already had a a Jim and a John Harbaugh confusion. Mm -hmm. So uh, I don't think they're related, but Mike and Matt LaFleur are different people. Yes. And I, I saw a whole thing it got heated because people were mixing up Mike and Matt LaFleur and they were going to, he's not a coach for the Jets. He's a coach for the Green Bay Packers. So in case you were confused, Thank Mike you, and Miss. Matt yeah. LaFleur are not the so same I, person. Right. This is not Matt LaFleur, the Green Bay Packers head coach. It's Mike. Um, anyway, so we can expect some short passes, receivers playing out of the slot, maybe like Ala Debo Samuel getting getting uh, handoffs in the backfield, which Elijah Moore was very good at. Elijah Moore did play in the slot, and he did um, take handoffs out of the backfield um, and was very elusive. So that's a positive. Okay. Another positive is the Jets um, play. I like when Moose talked about uh, rush defenses and Michael Carter and the Jets playing. Okay. So... The Jets have five games against bottom 10 defenses versus the wide receiver last year based on 2020. So five five teams that gave up 
the most points to um, wide receivers, and they only play uh, three games against top 10 defenses from last year. And it's based on last year, but still. And they have a fairly easy schedule besides the New England, Buffalo, Miami twice each, uh, which will be tough. I think they'll get eaten up. Under team strength for the Jets, I put not applicable. Um, for now and <laughs> the team strength is that they're a different team than last year yes that they have adam case is gone they have different coaches um in terms of opportunity um there's another positive really the only player ahead of more for sure is Corey davis who they signed for three years 37 and a half million clearly they got to use that guy um and then more is competing with jameson crowder second year player denzel mims who people were really high on last year tight end chris Hearn, and people like this so the opportunity is there for him to become wide receiver two on the team, but the negative is that it's a terrible team. So my gut instinct on Elijah Moore, I love both Bateman and Moore, I think are pretty similar for different reasons. Uh, they both have opportunity and they're both very good. I like them both for dynasty. So if you're in a dynasty league late, uh, just people in our dynasty league cover yours. Uh, but others, if you're late first round pick or second round pick, if you can snag one of these guys, I think that's great. But um, so whereas uh, Rashad Bateman was on a not pass friendly team, so that's where he suffers. Elijah Moore is on a team where we don't know what they're going to be, except probably bad. So that's where he that's where he suffers. So although the opportunity is there, I would not draft Elijah Moore in redraft. I would like to see what happens week one or week two, unless it comes out in camp and like he's killing it. We got he's going to be the number one receiver, and him and Zach Wilson have a rapport. Then whatever. Then maybe I'll be yeah. like, ah, okay, a late again, one late round flyer. But other than that, I'm I'm comfortable seeing what happens in like weeks one and two, and seeing how that develops, how that Jets offense looks. Um, that's where I'm coming at it. And by the way, when we recommend late round flyers for these guys, that doesn't mean you take like four or five or six flyers with your last six picks in your redraft. Yeah. Literally, okay. it's the last round. Literally, yeah. Literally, we're talking about last round, maybe last two. So I, so I don't, don't know. take all these guys. Yeah, I don't know if I said it on the air, but consider the last round of your draft um, like someone you were looking at on the waiver wire and you want it to be ahead of the game. So think think of that as your first waiver pick. Yeah. Last round. And of the that's draft. a great way to think about it, Miss. It's a great way to think about it. Because it and if he doesn't pan out, it'll probably end up being the first guy you drop uh to pick up on the waiver wire. So it's a great way to look at it. I agree hundred hundred hundo percent. Awesome. One year <laughs> I think my first year playing fantasy football, I stumbled across some articles about sleepers. So sleeper picks. Sleeper picks are people that are could end up having really high potential but are being drafted later than than their upside and people that you should you should look you could look to target and so i wrote all these names down and i went into my fantasy draft i drafted all of them <laughs> so i had like a full sleeper team and let me tell you quite a few of them stayed asleep so <laughs> i ended yeah. up with a pretty bad team that year so you don't want to take all flyers you want to take some sure things as well um anything else on elijah moore guys no Okay. If you're awesome. like irking, although if you're, if, if you guys, not us, but the public, if you guys definitely want to draft a rookie wide receiver out of Bateman and Elijah Moore, I would say take Elijah Moore over that <laughs> because you know, if Ty Johnson's the number one running back, they're going to be throwing the ball. <laughs> yeah. Or, or Michael Carter, who we also talked about in our rookie reviews. Michael but, Carter. Yeah. And, and Moore's talented. I liked, I liked his tape. I liked yeah. his game tape. So. 
Oh, keep yeah. an eye on him. Excuse me. Um, and it, but it remains to be seen for where us, uh, for those in their dynasty in dynasty leagues. I mean, oh yeah, more. keep your eye on him. Um, like to me, so if we go back, I mean, we'll do. We're going to do on our next episode. We're going to talk about uh, Kyle Pitts a little bit more, um, and we're going to review some all the rookies that we went uh, not in depth, but just kind of remind everyone of the rookies we went through. So we'll go back and talk about Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, Devonta Smith, these guys. But those guys are going to be drafted, right? So those guys you might have to spend some capital on. Uh, these guys, Rashad Bateman and, and Kadarius Tony and Elijah Moore, probably won't. So one of God. maybe one of them you can target with a late round flyer. All right, guys. Um, I think we're ready to move on to. Oh, do we have another segment? Or do we have a hard hitter from Twitter? Or they said it on Reddit. Uh, unless, unless you guys have one, I don't. Oh have Oh my one. goodness, are we going Reddit list today? That that is a shame. Um, I mean, we spent so long talking about Julio Jones and Aaron Rodgers that uh, maybe we don't have to, but uh, we can jump right into, let's jump into beers and then, uh, yeah, let's see. What I'll, I'll go first pretty quick. Standard Heineken, green can, red star. <laughs> Delicious as always. Oh man. Um, I went back to an OG from season one for you new listeners by Michelob Ultra. Um, uh, I didn't want Michelob anything. Ultra. Is it ultra light? No, it's just it's that's, light beer. That's but why it's Michelob, called ultra because it's ultra light. Exceptional light beer is what it says. But I, I decided to drink this. I didn't want anything heavy because the no AC is killing me, and I needed something a little light. Well, you probably so should have feel just, gross. Probably should have just drank some ice water. What? Ala. Same Dave. thing. Which is what I'm drinking. Healthy Dave. Healthy, I'm healthy the Dave only on the one. Loose. I'm the only one drinking a beer tonight. Mm. Uh, hello. Four percent. It's there are, are beers that I think somebody has drank a beer on this podcast with three point five. We all did. It was for a Uncle Nick's pick. There you go. So it's not <laughs> yeah. the lowest percent. <laughs> but that beer. was tasty to me. Like percentages, percentages, whatever. You know, like obviously the stronger percent gets you where you want to go if you're, you want to go somewhere. But it's about the taste like that, that beer that we had, which I'll dr- remind ourselves of the name. I thought you just had delicious. the cans. I thought you were about to yeah, show us I the cans. Was, like, okay. You must have a ton of fruit flies. Uh, we did. No. Um, you wash out the cans, Anthony. Well, if it's at his desk, he's not washing it out any cans. Yeah, but you wash it out, then you put it back. We, I don't know what Dave does. We did a classic bitter red from the Riverbend <laughs> Micro Brasserie in Alma, Quebec. <laughs> freezing the freezing the pizzas was gross. So ours was a, a Riverbend, a Riverbend, a British style, made in Quebec red. <sighs> um, that was delightful. It was delicious. So it's not all about alcohol content. I think it was like three net three point eight percent. Um, well, gentlemen, we have plenty of time for words of wisdom. That's the good news. Slash, um, uh, words slash, of wisdom since what are you watching? season one, uh, you know, I kind of kicked it off by um, watching a, an old TV show. Well, not really old, but I guess from when we were teenagers. So uh, here's another one. I restarted watching The X Files. Oh, nice, great show. Yeah, yeah it's, still, show. it's still super good. Super good. One of the best slogans as well. The truth is out there. Which we could probably use for fantasy, right? If you're trying to discover who's going to be who's going to be a bust, who's going to be a, a hit this year in fantasy football, 
the truth is not just out there. The truth is right here on this podcast. We'll let you know. I used to, the X-Files used to creep me out. I think I told you this, Moose, but it freaked me out. Really it's still, it's still very creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Very I still have a slight fear. This might be a little gross or weird, but a slight fear of porta-potties. Because there was one episode of the X-Files where there was like some sort of swamp monster that lived, somehow came up from the port of Yeah, it was, it was freaked a, me out. It was a, I think it's the one with the weird uh, fish thing that, that lives in the sewers. Yeah. And it bites nope. people and it gives them the, the circle mark. And yeah, no, thank you. <laughs> oh my goodness. I remember that. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah. Me, it was the, there was one episode with a, with a doll that was, it was more like horror movie. Oh, they're all creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Man. It was uh, the doll. Dolls creep me out. So I, lo- I loved on the X-Files, the, uh, the character, the smoker. I, I the think that's what man. they called him. The smoking man. Yeah. He's just always smoking in the shadows and you never, and he had that, uh, that cool voice and he like, yeah, it was so mysterious. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I'm happy you brought up the smoking man. Cause there's well, a lot of the sequences with him, but one thing I've always noticed if you ever, and listeners, if you ever rewatch it, the lighting the the use of lights in the x-files is so well done and and that really plays into uh a lot of the creepiness of the show yeah a lot of a lot of people's faces are like half lit and rooms rooms have a certain like dark sort of you know sort of coming around the walls so it's very creepy yeah Yeah. it's uh, it's very well done yeah well done for the 90s too it's very impressive well lighting is lighting light lighting is it's just light bulbs you're right doesn't matter what Words year it is them lighting is lighting <laughs> doesn't matter what year it is it's they're just lights led <laughs> lights i never heard about led lights in the 90s um i recently with moose actually started uh getting back into it's always sunny in philadelphia oh yes oh, i'm watching that currently. Uh, which probably not an appropriate title for eagles fans because it's definitely not sunny in philadelphia right now but um well, it's sunny they just suck <laughs> just probably gonna suck sorry eagles fans but <laughs> and we love everybody um but yeah just absolutely hilarious just how outrageous outrageous yeah. show and we probably can't even talk about episodes on on here because definitely it's just, it's, not no, definitely not, not okay all no. you show is they're just terrible people <laughs> they're not terrible yeah. people they're just people who see the world from a different point of view <laughs> i think they don't know that they think they're being genuine but that's what i'm saying sensible yeah they're just people who see You're the right. world from a different point of view yeah hilarious um yeah so that's what i've been watching guys uh didn't talk about it early on but we're wearing i'm wearing the 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 red habs jersey again today so those of you on youtube if you're not already watching us on youtube get out there and subscribe i'm repeating the jersey because it's the only thing that gave us luck when I wore it last time, we won the first game. Since then, we've been absolutely terrible. Like, don't even deserve to be in the playoffs bad. So, Montreal Canadiens, come on. This for good luck. Give us one more. And if they win, they go back to Montreal and play in front of some fans. Some fans. I think I think we also had, like, a couple of thumbs up on our YouTube video. So, if we don't get those... Uh, <gasps> then it's know. on you, listeners. It's, it's on a, you. Then it's on the listeners. Yeah, we need some thumbs. Some thumbs up. Some thumbs up. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, I think that uh, pretty much does it. Wraps it up. We're going to be under an hour, man. Whew. Yeah, we impressive. didn't have our, our other usual. Segment. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because okay. we had a well, lot of uh, pre-episode discussions. But uh, listen, come back on Sunday. We'll have uh, we'll definitely have a, a, 
a hard hitter on Twitter, or they said it on Reddit segment to go along with some Kyle Pitts talk and a wrap up review of the rookies episodes that we've done. Getting closer to fantasy season, get out there and start getting getting in the mock. You got to get in the mock drafts. Never too early to mock. Get out uh, there with the truth. Yeah, it is out exactly. There. It's here. Truth, the truth is out there. Truth is right here. As always, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Ciao.